relationship is totally in check and everything else flows from it. I really believe that you really truly cannot have healthy relationships if Jesus isn't your source every day, that you need to be connecting with him, spending time with him and knowing him because out of that place is where genuine love flows from. And uh, 1 John 4 verse 7 says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. And then down in verse 19, it says that we love each other because he first loved us. So we can love the people in our life well because we've received God's love first, right? And because we know him is what that verse 7 said, that anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Now, if you go back to that word in the original language, that word, know, is actually the most intimate kind of knowing that you can have. And that's actually used in the context of us and our relationship with God. So it's out of that most vulnerable, intimate place that we really learn what love is and that we're able to learn well. Isn't that awesome? So that's really one of the most important, probably the most important tool that we can have in having good relationships is first having a great relationship with Jesus and then other things, other relationships flowing out of that place. Okay. So the next tool is stepping into the role of CEO of my life. I'll say that again if you're taking notes. My next tool is step into the role of CEO of my life. All right. So I'm going to just present some questions, and I think that these are really important questions for us to ask ourselves if we want to have good, healthy relationships. First, we need to understand what's going on with us in our decision-making, okay? All right. So my first question is, who's the boss? It's not Tony Danzo, that's for sure. Who's the boss? God. God, good. And then with God, are we making decisions with him? The decisions that we want to make, right? Okay, so does life happen to me or do I make my life happen? Do external circumstances dictate what happens to me or do I make powerful choices in my life? Am I a victim or am I the CEO of my life? Okay, so becoming the CEO of your own life is actually a foundation for healthy relationships. Life choices, if you're the CEO of your life, are motivated out of your own free will, out of your relationship with Jesus, right? And then that sets you up for beautiful and healthy relationships. But we have to realize that we have been given free will from God, and it's our responsibility to make choices in relationship with him for our own life, okay? So I'm the boss of myself, right, and just myself. I'm only the CEO of myself, okay? So Galatians 5 tells us that one of the fruits of the Spirit of God is self-control. 
Titus 2 also tells us that we're to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. I think a lot of times our definition of self-control is, I'm not going to put my hand in the cookie jar when I shouldn't. Okay, that's what we usually think of when we hear self-control. But the definition of self-control is actually the ability to control one's emotions, behaviors, and desires in the face of external demands. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Self-control is the ability to control one's emotions, behavior, and desires in the face of external demands. So this raises a question. In light of that definition, am I self-controlled? Can I control my emotions, my behaviors, and my desires in the face of external demands? And we know external demands have a whole lot of different uh, manifestations, right? They look like a lot of things. All right. So if we're not the ones who are controlling ourselves, we have to ask ourselves, am I being controlled by external circumstances and demands? Do you repeatedly respond to manipulation, pressure, and fear tactics from others and the enemy? If you do, then you probably are not going to feel like you're really in control. You probably don't feel like you're in control because really, you're not the boss. Okay? So the next question is, am I trying to be the controller? (laughs) of a life other than my own. So maybe that's not your weakness is responding to that manipulation and fear, but maybe your weakness is the temptation to control other people. And that's really tough because sometimes in our relationships there are things that we want and the temptation is to use those tactics to get what we want, but that's not our job either. Our job is to control ourselves And in a healthy relationship, say, I control myself, you control yourself, and I'm going to respect that in you, and you respect that in me. That I'm the CEO of my own life, and you're the CEO of your own life, right? Okay, so here's a little example. We were at the apple orchard a couple days ago, and Sayla was playing with her cousin, Sayla's my six-year-old daughter. She was playing with her cousin, and he was playing snake. He was pretending to be a snake, and it was just just driving her nuts. She couldn't stand it. And she came to me, and she says, Mom, he won't stop. I'm trying to make him stop. Will you tell him that he can't play snake? And I said, Honey, we need to go for a walk. (laughs) And so we started walking around the orchard, and I said, Look, if Joshua wants to play snake, then that's okay. You can't control what he wants to do. But what you can do is decide whether you're going to sit right there and play when he's doing snake. Your decision is to move somewhere else and play something else. But you can't control Joshua, and I can't make him stop doing that because he gets to make decisions for his life, and you get to make yours. So do you want to continue playing where he's playing snake, or do you want to go do something else? Those are your choices. And that's kind of what it's like, because sometimes we're really tempted, right, to tell someone to stop playing snake. (laughs) But it's not our job to do that. Our job is to say, well, if I don't like that, then I'm going to go to a different place and do something else. 
And you can pray that if, you know, snake is not a godly thing, which I'm not even going there. But let's say it was that we don't like someone's behavior because we don't feel like it's godly or whatever. We just pray God would bless them and get them. And you release God's blessing instead of curse because sometimes our mouth actually will, um, it will actually mark the person to be stuck in behavior that they don't really want for themselves anyway. And again, there's nothing wrong for my, with my nephew playing snake, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can actually bless people um, and just remove ourselves from the situation. Amen? All right. So again, you're not the CEO of anyone else's life. It's your job to control you and you only. And you would say in a relationship, I'm going to control me and you're going to control your own life. I'm the CEO of only my own life. So I'm going to just give you one more little snapshot, and we're going to call these the parenting minutes, because I think in relationships, if we're talking about this for six weeks, there might be some tools that we can help share in parenting. So here's a parenting minute, and it sort of revolves around this idea of being the CEO of your own life. Um, And, you know, you might be thinking, well, I might not be the CEO, CEO of anyone else's life, but I'm the CEO of my child's life, right? I mean, they can't make decisions for themselves yet. And usually as parents, we do kind of think that way. And, you know, I do agree that we obviously have the responsibility of directing their lives, helping, you know, make sure that they're in a safe environment. But I want to challenge you to begin to think that I actually am training a mini CEO right now. And so we can actually set our kids up for success in life. You know, Proverbs says, train a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he won't depart from it. And we can begin training them that they can be empowered to know that their choices have effect, positive or negative. Everything that they do is making an effect in their life with what they choose. So, um, what does that look like? How do you train a child to have that awareness? I think it, it looks like this. You give them as many options as they can handle for their age and for their maturity. So it's like, okay. And you always give them options that you're okay either way with them choosing, right? So you're, everything's still okay, but they get to be uh, the CEO of their life, right? So it's like, okay, would you like to wear this outfit or this one? For lunch, would you like peanut butter and jelly or leftovers from dinner last night? Would you like to drink milk or water? Do you want to watch a movie or take a nap during quiet time? You're giving them uh, options all the time. Okay, would you like to behave and obey what I've said to do? Or would you like to choose the consequence, which is this? Which one are you going to choose? Okay, do you think you're going to be able to decide, make a decision, or should I decide for you? Because sometimes they don't like to decide right away. You get to decide right now, or I'm going to decide for you which one. All right? Are you going to be fun to be around? Or do you need to go to your room until you're ready to be fun to be around? Sometimes I have to go to my room. (laughs) Okay? So when we do that for kids, um, it really helps them realize that everything that they choose um, is creating the world around them. And then they're going to be empowered when they get older to have that understanding where maybe we've had to learn it the hard way for whatever reason. We weren't empowered that way. Um, Raise up your little CEO so they make great and, um, you know, intentional decisions for their lives. Yeah, wasn't that powerful? I think 
it's interesting to talk about um, this idea of being uh, the Tony Danza of your life, to be the boss of your life, the CEO of your own life. You know, we make choices all the time. Um, a lot of times, though, we expect uh, the world around us to invoke whatever uh, attitude, whatever disposition that we're going to have. How many of you have ever uh, been at work and a coworker just comes in angry? They just come in angry because of maybe something the boss had said to them, uh, something that happened uh, before they got to work that day, what happened on the way to work. Of course, um, none of you guys have ever been like that, I'm sure. Uh, but it, it's, it's this idea of allowing the world around us to affect us versus us affecting the world around us. How are we living? Are we living from the outside in? Are we living from the inside out? It's interesting, on um, our wedding day, um, I made a vow to Sarah that I would love her as long as the both, both of us were alive. Um, at times, um, I have not always made it easy for Sarah to love me. I just haven't. I've messed up. I've done dumb things. And vice versa. There's times where there's conflict, and it's not easy for us to love one another. But you know what? Is, is my attitude and disposition out of uh, the feelings or the emotions uh, that she invokes in me? Is that what love is? Is that what commitment is? I will be committed to you uh, as long as we live, as long as you continue to make me happy, as long as you continue to, to please me, as long as you continue to give me those lovey feelings inside, then my love will be turned on towards you. That doesn't sound like a marriage commitment. If, if, uh, if I was doing a wedding ceremony and, and they handed me these vows, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to have to po postpone the wedding and do some more marriage counseling because that's just not the way things work. This marriage is going to end in six months. So we can learn a lot just from our, our marriages, just from our, uh, uh, um, how marriage is supposed to work in, the, in our uh, relationships with actually everybody around us. Your relationship to your boss. Uh, is your relationship to your boss, are you nice to your boss because your boss has control over your life? Whether he hires you or she hires you or fires you. Are you nice and mean to your boss to, uh, in, in regards to what kind of workload that person puts on you or how fairly they treat you? You know, we, we need to look at these relationships that you have made a commitment to that workplace. And that, that commitment, even though you didn't sign papers saying, I will be nice all the time, you are in control. Yeah. You are in control of the attitude you have. You are in control of the choices that you make in that place. And if anything is invoked in you that causes you to outlash, you cannot blame anyone else but yourself. Because you are Tony Danza. You are the boss. Write that down. I am Tony Danza. Anyway, I was going to bring some visual aids today. I had them all in a bag ready to go, and I forgot them. But uh, my kids have these... Um, the oversized Legos, you know what I mean? Um, and so I was going to use these to show you about um, our uh, Lego capacity is what I call it. Now, we have, we have just like you can stack Legos, uh, we have different levels in our life um, of relationships, and each level has its own capacity. 
Um, at the center of me, there is a capacity for one, and that's God. In the center of all of us, there is a capacity for, there's one slot available, and that slot that's available is available for God. You can't fill it with anything else. As much as you try, it will always stay empty unless you fill it with God. So we know that that's available. Uh, we know that's there in every single person. And, and then if we choose to, we can make available another slot. That's our closest external slot. And I've filled uh, that in my life with Sarah. No one is going to take that spot. And that spot, there's only room for one. She's my closest, most uh, intimate uh, relationship in my life. So I have this, you know, my Lego capacity, right, is two Legos, one internal, one external, and each of them has one peg on that. Now we go down from there, and I have, uh, in my life, I have a Lego with two slots in it, and that's for my children, Anna and Selah. Um, You know what? Nobody will ever take those positions uh, in my life. That, that has a level of, of the degree of my, of my love and commitment, and it has the, the capacity. Now, beyond that, I have family and close friends, and that, these Legos begin getting bigger. And then below that, I, have, I just have friends in general and, and people in the church and people I love. And then we get below that, and I have a very large you know, Lego block with with just people I, I know and people around me. And then the Lego block below that is just, you know, those in my city and those in my region and those I run into the grocery store. And below that is the entire world. So you can kind of see this like Lego stack. We have to understand that when we talk about our relationships, that we have to know that there's different levels of relationships and there's different commitments to relationships. You also have to know that uh, in order to have healthy relationships, you need to keep a balance in those things. You know, if you have, um, if you have some, uh, a, a peg uh, like me, someone who's very close, you can't, you can't bring a friend or a relative above that. In fact, you can't even bring your children above that. A lot of marriages actually fall apart because the children uh, become more of a priority than the relationship, uh, than the husband and wife. That becomes the center of the relationship. It's the children. The children grow up. They move out of the house. And guess what? Mom and dad get a divorce. You know, that's happened. That's an epidemic. And, and if that's, you know, if you guys have experienced that, I'm so sorry. Uh, but guess what? There's healing, there's restoration, and we can learn from the mistakes we've made, right? Well, I, I say this Lego capacity thing so that we understand that when we talk about relationships, we're going to be talking about a principle, and it's called uh, connect or disconnect, uh, turning your love on towards the people around you. We already, uh, we talked about this. Did we talk about this? I don't know. About Jesus uh, saying, hey, guess what? It's okay for you to love your friends, but anyone can do that. Anyone can love their friends. But I'm calling you to love your enemies. I'm calling you to love and to pray for your enemies. Jesus is making this grand illustration to say, at the bottom of your Lego block, at the very bottom, like you put in the, the most scum of the earth, and they're still connected to you somehow. And Jesus is saying that love needs to trickle from the top to the very bottom. Yeah. With capacity. So obviously my love first is to the Lord. My love second is to my wife and then my children. And as the capacity runs down, it trickles down to everyone I have connection with. So 
Connecting or disconnecting. What does that mean? And every, every relationship is either moving towards connection or it's moving towards disconnection. They're revealed by the skill sets that people adopt to achieve them. So for, for example, uh, you know, my skill set for Sarah is when I choose to love her, uh, my choice in connection is to say, what kind of way does Sarah receive love best? Well, I know she's a physical affections person. I know she's a words of affirmation person. I can figure out how to do that. I have brains big enough to figure out how to make that connection. You know, for some of us, we, you know, in some of our relationships, we're like, hey, I'm not sure how they receive love. But we can still move towards connection and saying, hey, uh, guess what? There's, there's 10 relational needs that every single person has. And you know what? We may even talk about that next week, uh, go through the list. But you know what? Everyone needs to feel acceptance. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you receive love, but that we can choose to accept other people. I have a, a great illustration for you. Um, Early on in the church, we had some good friends of ours that um, uh, joined the church, and um, they were great. They had been ministry partners of ours in the past, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out for them to stay at City Light, and they moved on, and they now attend another church, and we bless them, and they're awesome people. Well, I'm in Chilinos the other day, and I see, you know, when they left, we, you know what? We lost connection. They went from a level in my life that was... Uh, you know, just out of the reality, they moved down a couple pegs on the Lego spectrum, right? Not, not because there was something bad that happened. It was just life circumstance. Now, I could have let there be tension, you know, as, as a pastor of a church. It's never fun to see people uh, say, you know what, I'm not called here. Um, I could have let tension, you know, we hadn't really talked about it since they left. And so I'm in Chilinos the other day, and I, and I see one of the people from, uh, from this family. And I make this decision, I'm like... I know they, Tolino's is not very big. I know they know that I'm in the store. I know they're in the store. I could, uh, you know, continue checking out this eggplant and pretend that I never saw them and leave. And you know what? Uh, It'll be slightly awkward, but at least we're not making it more awkward by having like a surfacey conversation. And you know what? Inside of me, I said, that is disconnection. You know what? These people were important people in my life. And they're still important people. They're people that I love. And in this moment, I have a choice. I'm, I'm, I'm presented with an option. I'm going to choose connection or I'm going to choose disconnection. In my opinion, both were equally as challenging to be in a small store just like looking at this eggplant really closely so I'm not making eye contact with anyone. No, I, I, you know what? I went over there. I said, hey, how you doing? Yeah, we're doing good. And you know what? We had the most amazing God encounter. Uh, we got to talk about uh, some hard things that were going on in this person's life. Just got to encourage them. Well, you know what's really cool is uh, got a message on Facebook the other day from this person saying, I just want you to know how much you mean to me. I got mums delivered to my porch the other day from your church. And that blessed me so much. That to me, I'm like, I am so glad that I made the tough choice to move towards connection instead of moving towards disconnection. So we get that, we get that principle. You know what? In, in husband and wife relationships, we can have connection and we can have disconnection. Why would people disconnect? Why would that happen in a relationship? Well, the reasons people disconnect, I'm going to move towards the handheld. 
funny to me. I don't know if it sounded funny to you out there. <clears throat> but the reasons that we might move towards disconnect in a relationship is because we feel unsafe. We feel threatened. We feel insecure. We feel overwhelmed. Um, there are lots of different, the list can go on. Um, but we're just going to call it safety for right now, whether it's feeling overwhelmed, feeling threatened, feeling uh, insecure. It doesn't create a safe place. And so our, our response towards uh, feeling unsafe is to move towards a, a distance, move back a distance until we feel safe again. You know, in marriages, this can happen. In every relationship, this can happen. But in one of the most intimate relationships, it can happen. Early on in Sarah and I's marriage, uh, what, if you didn't know uh, about Sarah and I, we are professional arguers. We are really, really good at bickering. Uh, my in-laws have been praying for us for years uh, that the Lord would deliver us. But I call it practice. Um, but anyway, we're really good at, like, we call it intense fellowship uh, because um, both of us are very passionate. Both of us are very opinionated. Both of us uh, have, have vision. And um, it's interesting, when Sarah and I got married, the one thing we had in common was Jesus. About uh, anything outside of that realm, we had nothing in common. So uh, putting two very strong-willed, uh, very visionary, very forward-thinking people together that have very little in common other than Jesus uh, causes for a lot of friction. Uh, and I'm okay with that, and, and she's been okay with that. We've stayed together, and you know what? We've learned, we've learned to actually love it, and we've learned to actually have fun with it. But early on in the marriage, um, it was difficult. And there are ways that we would go back and forth that would make each other feel unsafe, that would make each other uh, want to choose to disconnect. We had to, we knew, both of us knew with the wisdom that the Lord has given us, not within our own wisdom, that we had to find a way to create a safe place. You know, uh, I've talked about this with a few couples or whatever, um, you know, one of the things is our personalities. When there's a problem, uh, Sarah's nature is, is I don't want to leave this room until the problem is solved. My nature is, is sometimes I need, a, I need to take a retreat and think about it. Make sure that my words are formed correctly. Make sure my thoughts are formed correctly. Sometimes when, when it's feeling intense, I want to I say, like, okay, we need to take a break so I can cool down. Now, this is obviously very frictional when she when she doesn't understand that I am feeling unsafe and the more I retract the less safe she feels because she feels like I'm trying to dodge the problem like I'm trying to run from it she's saying I don't feel safe and I'm saying I don't feel safe because you're yelling at me you know and and so we're like all of a sudden we're creating unsafe place for both of us and we found this this really neat way where when things are when we're uh having in our intense fellowship and uh which we do often and it's good but when we come to the place where we're starting to feel unsafe and we're starting to choose disc uh, the choice of disconnection is becoming to look more and more appealing to us one thing we've learned is just to communicate that i feel unsafe and that's one thing we've both vowed to say well i never want to make that person feel unsafe so we take a step back I've learned to communicate to Sarah, Sarah, I care that you want to solve this problem. 
I care that this problem is important to you, and I want you to know that this problem is important to me. Oh, it is? There's a level of safety there. But Sarah, I need to take a few steps back. And she says, you know what? George cares about this situation. And I need to let him just go for a car ride around the block for a second. And I can trust that he is going to come back and we're going to talk about this and we're going to get to the bottom of it. And we've gotten through some major stuff in life because we've learned the art of creating safe place. So in all of our, in all of our lives, um, you know, we use a lot of marriage examples but this can be applied to any situation. This can be applied to uh, coworkers. This can be applied to bosses. This can be applied to children. Why am I sensing disconnect from this person? The first place you need to check is, have I created a safe place? Have I created a safe zone for them to say, it's okay for me to be me, and it's okay for you to be you? and we can do that in the same place, or if you sense that they need to be them farther away from you, it might be a good time to analyze your own life and saying, how can I uh, keep my love on? How can I keep my love directed towards them and stay connected uh, to them? You know, we live lives um, around lots of people that... uh, are not the CEOs of their own life. They want to either be the CEO of your life through manipulation, whether that's passive or whether that's aggressive. Uh, But the reality is is you you can still be the boss of you, and you can still keep your love and respect on. And those that are good at giving love and respect are the ones that create cultures of love and respect. And when you uh, encounter people that say, you know what, I'm not a powerful person, I'm not the boss of me, but you create an environment of love and respect, they have, they have one of two choices to make. To either be the boss of themselves and to give love and respect out back or choose to go somewhere else. And that's how we can actually win in every single relationship. As we begin to create safe places, as we continue to stay uh, connected in our relationships, keep choose connection versus disconnection, and choose to be the boss of me and empowering you to be the boss of you, we can create healthy relationships in everything we have. Obviously, there's so much more to this subject. In in the next few weeks, we're going to be covering... um, Three kind of major areas. Each area will kind of take a few weeks to cover. uh, But the the first area is connection. Uh, And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about what are the basic foundations of connection. Uh, The next area is communication. We have to have good communication if we're going to be in healthy relationships. And the third that is just as important, if not one of the most important things, is boundaries. I think that's one of the missing pieces in healthy relationships that's talked so little about in our culture today. We feel like we need to give so much in order to have healthy relationships. We feel like we can't say no if we're going to have a healthy relationship. You know, we can actually have healthy boundaries and actually have even more healthy relationships with the people we have boundaries with. So be excited. We're going to be covering those things in the, the weeks to come.
and uh, I'm just going to pray a blessing over you guys and, and your ability to be a powerful person, be the CEO of your own life, choosing to keep your love on and keep co- choosing to connect versus disconnect and maintaining safe places within relationships. Lord, we thank you so much, um, God, for this time of worship that we've had together. God, I thank you um, that I get to be up here with my wife, that we've worked through so much in almost 10 years. God, that you have been the common denominator that's, that's held us together. Uh, God, I thank you for the tools that you've equipped Sarah and I with, that we get to share uh, with the church. And Father, I pray that these tools would even uh, flow into relationships that they are in, that they would be passed along uh, from relationship to relationship. Father, I pray that, that the people in this room would be shining examples of respect, of love, of honor, of every single person they're connected with, every single person in their Lego capacity. Father, teach us and Holy Spirit, convict us when we are creating unsafe atmospheres for others to choose disconnect versus connect. Lord, give us the maturity to handle the correction and the wisdom to know what to do with it. Father, we just pray for our enemies right now. For those people that have uh, made us feel like our surroundings are being controlled, not from ourselves. The people that overwhelm us, some of these people can be in our own households. Some of these people can be our spouses. Some of these people can be our kids. Some of these people can be our employers. God, we pray right now for those that have been uh, enemies to our ability to connect and to be the boss of our own life. God, we pray that you would bless them. God, we pray that you, your Holy Spirit would pour out upon them. God, we pray that they would learn the tools of living healthy, happy life. God, we pray that they would learn how to be their own CEO and say, I'm control of my life only. And we bless them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, the Lord keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And if you're sticking around for the 11 a.m. service, we'd love to see you there, too. Bless you.